Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to C3 Karaman's podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by God who is love. So good to have you with us. We hope you enjoy this week's message from our preaching series, Calm Faith. Welcome back to our in-person services. Good to have you here and good to have anyone tuning in online as well right now this morning or later this week. Good to have you watching. If we haven't met, my name is Dan, my wife Hannah and I get the honour of leading this incredible church along with an amazing team as well. We just had the last two Sundays off to go online, partly because of the uh, rate of COVID on the Gold Coast was pretty high and apparently it's peaked now and on its way down. So uh, let's just continue to be wise yet not let any kind of fear creep into our heart. Amen. Let's be wise, but not fearful. And so to be honest, I got hammered by it. I was here one Sunday, fine. I was Monday morning, Monday, I was surfing all day and running around doing nothing, you know, doing nothing, doing nothing pretty much, but surfing and uh, I was fine, literally. I had dinner that night, fine, went to bed, fine. Tuesday, could not get out of bed. And so I got absolutely hammered by it, but it's done now and apparently I'm immortal now that I've recovered from it. So good to be here. Uh, invincible, nothing can touch me. I jumped in front of cars this morning and they crashed and broke and uh, anyway, recovered, but just kidding. Well, uh, we are finishing a preaching series this morning on calm faith. And so if you are tuning in, go get that Bible off the shelf, have it in front of you. Come on now, we are engaging and thank you if you are at home. Thank you for tuning in. Some of you are unwell, some of you just couldn't get here, but Good to have you anyway watching. And if you're here, get the Bible out. If you've got a hard copy or thanks to Apple or Samsung, you've got a phone. The reason is I like preaching through the Word of God. Literally all last year and all of this year, every single preaching topic was a book of the Bible or a passage in the Bible. I'm trying to get us to help us collectively be people of the Word. And the thing is, I don't just want to be spitting out what I'm getting from the Word. I want to encourage you and challenge you and, and, and teach you and point you into you getting your own revelations from the Word. Amen? And so it's so crucial, I can't stress enough, for you to dive into what we're preaching on, for you to wrestle with these passages, for you to read them in, in multiple translations and see what God would speak to you about in these things. Read some commentaries, dig deep. Amen. And, and God has rich revelations ready to give you. I, I truly believe He's longing to speak to you as well. And so we're finishing Psalm chapter 37 today. If you've got your Bible, head on over to Psalm chapter 37, reading from verse 34. Put your hope in the Lord. Travel steadily along His path. He will honour you by giving you the land. You will see the wicked destroyed. I have seen wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. But when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them and they find shelter in Him. I think there was one more. No? Is that it? There we go. That's the best word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray. Well, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you today that you are here. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Fill us. Teach us. Show us. 
Help us to live for you. Help us to break out of any Western world mold of Christianity that simply does this journey in Christian ways and morals. Help us to break out of that and experience you and long for you and walk with you, Jesus, every moment of every day. God, I thank you that we would kill religion and say yes to relationship. God, we'd be known as people committed to you. We'd be known as people rescued by you. We would be known as people set apart by you. Use us, Holy Spirit, for your glory and for your fame. In Jesus' name, amen. Come. Faith. If you haven't been with us the last month, we've been speaking on this topic and it's been such a big one for me. Last year really revealed some things, I think, in Christendom, in our church, yes, but in Christendom and a lot of pastors I get to chat to around Australia, a lot of podcasts I listen to. Something that was revealed is that I think our stance on what was happening last year was more personal to us and meant more to us than our walk with Jesus Christ. A lot of people were, were, were more passionate online about their opinion than about being sharing and, and, and showing the love and faith and goodness and joy and truth of Jesus Christ. And something I want us to bring us back to is being known as a people of faith. Calm faith. Calm faith. And not just calm. I really wanted to, to, to add faith because something that was hitting home for me, I... I we can do a bunch of different practices to make ourselves calm. You can go and do yoga. You can meditate on the Word of God. You can rub your earlobes and say woosah. You can, you can do a bunch of things. You can get a Zen garden and that weird rake and some sand. Like you can do a whole bunch of things to calm yourself down, which is great. I think calm is good. But I don't just want our church, I don't just want Christians to be known for being calm. I, I want our church, I want Christians to be, Christians to be known for being faith-filled. That we believe God is in control. That we believe whatever is happening today, He will work it together for good. He is at work in your life, Christian. Hold on to that. I know today it might not look like you want it to look like. It doesn't mean He's not at work. It does not mean He's not in control. God is with you. God is for you. God is sovereign. And so while we are calm, Breathing out, chaos in the world, chaos online, chaos with different topics and situations. We're people who are calm, but also expectant. Not just calm, we're expectant. I believe God has good things prepped for this year. I believe God will work it together for His good. I believe goodness will come from this. Which brings me to the last subtopic I want to speak on today. God has our future in His hands. Week one was how do we have our eyes fixed on Him, this passage of Psalm 37. Week two was how do we have our hands fixed to Him. Remember that trust in the Lord literally means cling to Him. Hands fixed to Him, eyes fixed to Him. Week three with Denzel was heart fixed to Him. How do we trust Him? How do we keep our heart there and not on different outcomes? Last week I looked at hands fixed to His mission. How do we get to work in this season? And today I want us to look at our future is safe. In his hands. He's still at work. He's still for you. He's doing something. Let's expect him to be at work. Amen. Today, what I, what I think this passage, what's jumped out to me anyway, in this passage, I want to contrast as it does the whole chapter, but I really want to contrast in this passage the wicked and the godly. 
the wicked and the godly. And what I want us to look at is, is the outcome and God's response to the wicked and the godly. And so what I want us to start with is something we don't like reading, but because it's in the Bible, we're going to read it together. Point one is there are seasons where the wicked are flourishing. Jeesh, verse 35, I have seen the wicked and ruthless people flourishing like a tree in its native soil. There are seasons where the wicked are flourishing. My question to you is how is your faith and hope in God in that time? What do we do when we read the Bible and all of a sudden we see God's people as slaves for 400 years while Pharaoh flourished? The Egyptian empire flourished. Whatever Pharaoh wanted for 400 years happened. The wicked were flourishing. God's people were pushed down and subdued and overruled. What do we do with that? What do we do when King Saul is evil and trying to kill David while David's actually the real anointed king? But Saul is on the throne. Saul is ruling the kingdom. What do we do with that? What do we do with 70 years of the Israelites in Babylonian exile? And while the Babylonians ruled, while their people were crushed, while they weren't allowed to have freedom, while they weren't allowed to rule and reign for 70 years. And what do we do with 300 years of Christians being killed and persecuted under different Caesars while the Roman Empire ruled the world flourishing? What do we do with that? Well, my encouragement to you would be that we break out of an entitled faith. An entitled faith has crept into a lot, not all, a lot of Western world Christianity. And what I mean by entitled faith is sometimes we are so ticked off when one day or one week goes against us. And we are shouting and demanding at God, calm down, I'm demanding you to provide finances. I'm demanding you to bring healing now. I'm demanding you to save my loved one now. I'm demanding you to restore this marriage now. How dare you not let me flourish all the time? How dare you make it seem like the wicked are flourishing? When we need to look at the Word of God and see that for some reason, sometimes the wicked flourish while God's people are oppressed. Imagine if the Bible was still being written today. Imagine if the Bible was still being written today. Like picture yourself as one of the the slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Oh man, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been proclaiming God's goodness and I've been talking about what what our ancestor Abraham was proclaiming God's God's promises, God comes true, God is faithful. Even though, you know, it took 25 years for Abraham, I'm willing for it to take 25 years as well, but I'm believing that in my lifetime, God's gonna bring freedom to me and my family. And those kinds of people died with their cries to God unanswered and unheard seemingly. Yet we have the benefit of retrospectively reading this story going, God was carrying out his plan the way he wanted to. What do we do though? What if the Bible was being written today? And what if the injustices in our world and what if the pains in our world and what if the, the, the craziness and, and the very ungodly actions happening in our world right now, we cry out and we, we beg and we demand breakthrough and answers and what if they don't happen this year? How are you gonna go? 
How is your faith? True, true question. How is your faith coping? Last year was brutal for a lot of people. I look around the room and I see people who lost loved ones. I see people whose health was, was very poor. I see people who lost jobs. I, I see pain from last year. And sometimes we look at 2022, next calendar year, and we're like, that's my answer. That's my hope. That's the year of breakthrough. We always want to claim <laughs> Christian idioms over everything, right? Christianese. It's like, that's the year of breakthrough. It's the, year of, it's the year of David. It's the year of Moses. It's the year of crossing the Jordan. It's the year of the Jericho walls falling down. We always just use Christian terms for it. But what if this year is the same? God lives outside of time. Someone didn't buy him a, a kitten calendar for 2022. He doesn't know that it's a new year yet, maybe. And just maybe he's not ready to carry out the next stage of his plan where the church rules and reigns supreme. I'm looking forward to that day. Where he wipes away every tear. I'm looking forward to that day with the, the marriage supper of the Lamb and the party and we're set free from the presence of sin and the presence of evil. I'm looking forward to that day, but all I know is this side of eternity, it's, it's not happening. So how's your faith now when it seems like the wicked are flourishing? Here's my request. Don't put your faith in an outcome. Put your faith in the Saviour, Jesus Christ. We say it again and again and again here. I have no idea what your future looks like, but I know the one who holds it. Today, what I want to hammer is God has your future in His hands. Now, I am not going to lie to you and say that's a, that's a future where you win the lotto and you get to retire. That's a future where you live to be in old age and you're always healthy. You're never going to be sick. That's a future where your kids grow old as well. That's a future of perfection. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the good and faithful, loving God holds it in His hands. His plan shall come to pass. How do we do when the wicked are flourishing? Let's not forget that from one Friday night until one Sunday morning 2,000 years ago, everyone was convinced Satan had won. Let's not forget everyone was convinced that God had lost. Wickedness was ruling. Evil was reigning. Everyone's sitting there on Saturday, losing their faith to the point that fishermen go back fishing and abandon what they just experienced the last three and a half years. When really we look at the big picture and we say, God was still in control. We know it now. Thankfully, we have the Word of God. We can stand on Acts chapter 4, I believe it's verse 23 or 24, when it says all they did, Pontius Pilate, the, the, the Jewish leaders, those evil Gentiles, when they killed Jesus on the cross, all they were doing, Lord, was carrying out your plan that was prearranged. We have the benefit of looking at that verse going on the Saturday where it looked like God lost and the devil was ruling and reigning and wicked people were flourishing God was in control. And hear me clearly, he was working it together for good. Sometimes you will experience a season in your life where it seems like God is not answering your prayers. It seems like the wicked are flourishing. And I beg you to keep holding on to God. He's at work, Christian. He's working it together for good, Christian. Amen? He's in control. It's all good. And you will see the wicked flourish, but let's look at God's response to the wicked are flourishing for a moment. Let's look how God responds to the wicked flourishing. If we can get that next slide up, please. This is how God responds. Verse 34, you will see the wicked destroyed. 
Verse 36, but when I looked again, they were gone. Though I searched for them, I could not find them. Verse 38, the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. God has a future for you. He has a plan for you. But here is clearly, there is a day where wickedness will be destroyed. Satan will be permanently defeated. Hallelujah. So in the meantime, hold on to him. Not a set outcome. Otherwise, we take our faith off him and we put it on the outcome. God, you're a good God. If you do this, that's where we lose faith. Calm faith is keeping our eyes fixed on him, our heart fixed on him, our hands fixed to him, and our hands fixed to the mission, trusting that he is at work now. The wicked will be destroyed. Don't worry. Wickedness is gone. Let's look at the godly now. Now let's compare this to the godly. The godly have an amazing journey with God. I I want us to see in this psalm what God is calling you and I to do, how God is calling you and I to live. Verse 34, wait on the Lord, keep His way, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. The godly are entwined to God and His ways. Catch this, I I saw this, it's, it's used that word there, wait on the Lord. It's used at the start, but... Uh, I, I didn't want to bring this side into it. Pastor Chris was reminding me, I love it. Wait there is kava. And it literally means to, we talked on this at the very start of Psalm 37. It means to expect, it means to hope for, it means to be believing for the best. That's wait on God. But there's this other element of kava that is beautiful. You ready? It literally means to intertwine, to be knitted together, entwined, to become one. So what it's saying is, become one with God. Spend so much time with Him that you fulfill John chapter 15, where you truly abide in the true vine. Become entwined to God. How beautiful is this? The godly, it's not necessarily about some moral compass. Are you a godly person? Yeah, of course I am. Well, how come? What makes you think you're a godly person? Wow, it's easy. I don't, don't do this, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I don't, I don't lie, I don't do these things. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Why, are you, why are you listing off these moral things? Here's the definition of a godly person in this chapter, someone who is one with God. Someone who's in a relationship with Him. If you try to act like God, you become a Pharisee really quick. If you try to long for God and wait on God, you'll be a child of God really quick. Don't worry about acting like a Christian. Worry about getting to Christ. Get to Him. Wait on Him. Sit in His presence regularly. Find yourself in the presence of God. Be entwined to God, but also be entwined to His ways. It says, and keep His way. Keep His way. To keep, it literally means to guard and fight for His way. But catch this, I was really caught up by His way. I like it. And 50 times in the book of Psalms, it talks about God's way, God's way, God's way, God's way. Psalm 25 alone, it's used four times. It starts with, show me your ways, teach me thy ways, O Lord, that I could follow them. It's about God's way, God's way, God's way. Do you know what the disciples were called in Acts? (laughs) Followers of the way. How cool is that? Six times in the book of Acts refers to Christians as followers of the way. Here it is, God, His way. See, it's not just about, it's not just about, and if you know me and you've heard me preach, I'm huge on this. 
It's not just about a healthy, intimate, close relationship with Jesus Christ. It's also about living the way He has called us to live in this world, right? Now, the reason that I, sometimes it can, as I was just saying, it, it can, if we only focus on that, it can creep into practices, habits, and it gets religious really quick. Don't do this, do this. Don't touch this, do this. Don't eat this, eat this. His way, his way, his way. And so what I did, and I've done a lot the last 10 years, is run over here to just relationship, which I still 100% believe in and hold to. It's predominantly about you and Jesus. Have a relationship with Him. And out of closeness and proximity, you'll start to become like Him, like what He likes, desire what He desires. But here's the thing as well. I need to not, we need to not forget this aspect of living like Christians are called to live. Because there's a whole bunch of Christians right now in the world, Western world, who are all about grace and are all about Jesus and are all about heaven. But when it comes to being nice online, they don't want to show it. When it comes to serving people, they don't want to do it. When it comes to inviting people, they don't want to do it. When it comes to discipling people, they don't want to do it. When it comes to sharing their finances, they don't want to do it. But it's about me and Jesus. And I've got this great relationship and I experience Him in worship. Great, go and help someone else experience it too. No, 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 that's religion. And I don't want to get stuck down and tied down in religion. I'm just saying yes to Jesus. Great, I'm for that too. Say yes to Jesus. But you can't say yes to Jesus without also living His way. You're a follower of the way. And if you want to really show me, really show me that you do have an intimate relationship with Christ, which is seriously number one to me, it won't be demonstrated by what you tell me. It'll be demonstrated by how you treat His people. We're going to spend six months in First John this year. And do you know the one that just jumped out and scared the heck out of me we're going to preach through this year? If you say that you love God, but you hate your brother, the love of God is not in you. That's been punching me in the face for six months. So we're going to spend some time in First John. Because... Western world Christianity is not lacking people who say yes to grace and yes to Jesus, but it is lacking people who are kind to believers and willing to be used by God to sacrifice and serve other people. Let's be people who fight for and guard His way. Amen? Let's be used by Him for His glory, and He shall exalt you to inherit the land. The next thing, the godly. I love this. What else is the godly known for? The godly look at those, look, sorry, look at those who are honest and good for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. You hear that? You read that? God has a future planned for you. What are the godly doing now while God has that future plan? They're honest. They're good. They love peace. They're not looking for an argument. So many people are looking to poke and prod and provoke to get some kind of conflict and argument going. And I'm like, why? You can have convictions, you can have beliefs, but we're people who love peace. We're people who love peace. I, I want you to be confident that good things are coming in your future. I was chatting with a member of our church this week just about the brutality, if you will, of the last three years, especially the start of the last three years, I think that people finish December exhausted, most people. You kind of finish the year and you're like, whew, done, it's crazy. 
overeat, lots of things happen at Christmas, a lot of fun, great, first week of the year, cool. But then there's just this sense in most people I know where they're excited to plan the year ahead. And we look forward to things. We, we talk about holidays. We talk about trips away. We talk about adventures. You know, Hannah and I talk about adventures with the kids. Last year we had, I'd been planning for five years a long service leave trip that was meant to happen last September to December. And we had to cancel it two weeks before borders were shut and everything like that. So this year we're going to do it. No matter what the border's doing, we're taking August to November off. I'm so excited. We're letting the kids, what do you want to do? Come on in and plan this because something dawned on me. The last few years, people have been looking at the year of lockdowns and COVID and unsure what the borders are doing. And so they're just saying, well, I won't plan anything. And therefore, I won't expect anything. When I was talking with this member over lunch, she was just saying, there's just been this corporate despair. People kind of feel like now, I don't know if you can empathise with this, but starting the year and there's just no excitement for the year ahead. If anything, it's a concern like, oh, lockdown's probably coming. Oh, school's going to start soon and those feral little kids spread germs like nothing else. Don't worry. The, if you're trying to stop a virus that's germ-based and you're letting the kids, oh, good luck. Here we go. All right. So, and so anyway, we have no idea what the next few months are going to bring. But what I am begging you is hope. Hope for something good to happen this year. Plan it. Expect it. Believe for good things. There is a despair. Oh, I'm just expecting the worst now. I'm expecting work to be crazy. I'm expecting school to be crazy. I'm expecting life to be crazy. Oh. And I want us to instead be front-footed going, no, it's going to be a great year. There might be a lockdown. God will use it for His glory. There might be more things, borders up, that God will use it for His glory. There might be difficult moments. God will use it for His glory. I expect good things to happen this year for God's glory and God's fame. Amen. And how does God respond to the godly? God responds, well, the Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them. They find shelter in Him. Keep reading that. Christian, that's your promise for this year. God's coming through for you. God's coming through. I'm not saying it'll be an easy year. I'm not saying everything will go to plan that you plan, but what I'm saying is God will rescue you. Absolutely. He will be your fortress. God will help you when you cry out for help. In times of trouble, God will be there for you, rescuing you from the wicked, and He will save you. You'll find shelter, security, safety in His hands. I don't know what this year brings, but I know God is with you. God is for you. God is at work. Amen? He has a future for you. Tuning in online, believe. This year, God has something amazing planned for you. Yes, there will be moments of pain. Yes, there will be moments of struggle. Yes, look there, in times of trouble, there will be times of trouble this year. But God is for you. He is with you. He's a good God. Can we pray together? Let's close our eyes. Lord, we love you. God, we rest in you again. We totally understand that at certain times it seems like wickedness is flourishing and prevailing, but what we hold on to the truth that you will work it together for your good. You are at work. You will respond to these injustices happening in our world. 
So God, we hold on to you. We trust you and we believe, we believe that if we stay knitted together, entwined to you and your ways, God, we want to be people entwined to you and your ways that you are going to continue to rescue us, help us, save us. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, be there for us. Help us to hold on to you. Help us not to put our faith in some kind of outcome, some kind of financial outcome, some kind of government policy outcome. We're not, we're not looking to those things for our faith to be justified. We're looking to you, Jesus. Our faith already is justified. Our faith is on the solid rock. You are the one true God. Jesus, we trust you. We love you and we need you so much, Lord. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're here this morning or if you've been tuning in online, and this is big to me, I really want to stress this. If you don't know Jesus, if you do not have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with Jesus Christ, nothing would bring me more joy than getting to pray with you. I honestly want to just lead you in a simple prayer. I want to talk to you about how much God loves you. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ here or online. We want to send you a free Bible. We want to help you in this journey in life with Jesus. So if that's you, please come and see me straight after the service. I'm going to be down the front. If you're tuning in online right now, we'd love for you to reach out to us either in the comments section or send us an email on our website. We'd love to help with you. We'd love to connect with you and get to know you better and help you in this journey as well. Apart from that, God bless you, church. I love you so much. Let's be wise and safe and faith-filled in this season. I'll hand back to Denzel to close our service.